Hunter Biden's business partner claims emails involving the Chinese deal are genuine and that Joe Biden actually profited off of it. Iran and Russia have acquired voter registration information and Iran is already putting that info to use. And Chris Cuomo gets called out for not wearing a mask and is threatened with a $500 fine. We've got that and much more coming up and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. I am filling in for Sarah Gonzalez. And almost every man in the building today has made the joke asking me how many zebras had to die for my dress, except for the two men at this table. <laughs> you are such gentlemen. I am here with... I don't frown upon African <laughs> reference. I love it. So I'm not going to do that. I got it from my own husband and then literally almost every man here this morning. So, But not from the two of you. So We're the good people. Thank you. Mr. Stubergears here today, host of Blaze TV's Stu Does America. And you're doing a pre-debate show tonight too, right? Yes, one hour uh, right before the big, uh, big debate tonight. We'll be live uh, going through sort of a preview. Then we're going to be showing the debate. And then after there's a post-game wrap-up. So a lot of great uh, coverage on the blaze tonight. Good deal. We want so. people to tune in for that. And then That's Mr. Great. Yako Buyans, you are the president and founder of Share Together and host of the Yako Buyans Show. And we Thank love you. having it's you here. It's good to be here. Always good to be with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> you've got the dream team today. All right, so we're going to start off with... According to documents obtained by Fox News, the infamous laptop of Hunter Biden, it was subpoenaed by the FBI in December of 2019 as part of a money laundering investigation. Uh, reports from earlier this week indicated the FBI had subpoenaed it as part of that investigation, but details weren't completely clear as to the nature of the investigation. But now they show that they were looking into money laundering. Um, it's not clear who the target of the actual investigation was or what role the contents of the laptop play in that investigation, but the subpoena was dated December 9th, 2019 and addressed to John Paul Mac Isaac, the owner of the Mac repair shop where Hunter Biden allegedly left that laptop in question. Um, and it also indicates the laptop was taken into possession by the FBI. So in response to the news, a spokesman for the Biden campaign said to Fox News that the money laundering investigation may have been into Giuliani's dealings rather than Hunter Biden's. But in addition to this, Hunter Biden's business partner claims that the email detailing the Chinese deal is genuine and says the big guy that's referenced in those emails is Joe Biden. His name is Tony Bobolinsky. He's the CEO of Cinehawk Holdings, which he claimed formed a partnership with the now bankrupt Shanghai-based China Energy Fund Committee. The terms of the deal, the email states, 10 held by H for the big guy. The big guy was not identified in the email, but Bobolinsky claims that it is a reference to Joe Biden. And the person identified as JB also referenced in that email. He's saying it's Jim Biden, Joe's brother. Now, Joe Biden, he said he's never been involved in his son's business affairs. He's never spoken to his son about his overseas dealings. But Bobolinsky said, hey, I'm not a political person what few campaign contributions I've made in my life. They were to Democrats. I don't have a political ax to grind. I just saw behind the Biden curtain and I grew concerned about what I saw. And he said the Biden family aggressively leveraged their name to make millions of dollars from foreign entities, even though some were from communist controlled China. So a lot of information there, but breath, yeah. what are your thoughts on all this new information? Because it's just every day there's more and more and more coming out. I think the one thing we needed in this campaign was someone named Bobolinsky to just be thrown <laughs> in the middle of it. Like, that is what we needed. Uh, it's funny, you know, I mean, I, I, 
the, the, the chain of custody of how this actually got to all of us is very, is, I mean, it just doesn't seem possible. That being said, they haven't denied it. Uh, it seems as if uh, these are legitimate. We have now a, a business associate who's confirmed it. Uh, you know, there's been multiple ways this has been confirmed as legitimate. And, and honestly, when you look at it, what are we talking about here? We're talking about Hunter Biden uh, with shady activities overseas and probably in some weird sexual escapade with uh, God only knows who and, and doing drugs at the same time. These are all things we already knew about Hunter Biden. <laughs> the question is whether Joe Biden is brought in and this is the this information seems to indicate that. And you look at the way that press is handling this, they are operating in a, in a way exactly how you'd expect them to, right? You know, they have put in all of this effort for four years. As they get closer and closer to this finish line, they have made up their mind that I think even when you go back to look at the Hillary Clinton years, you could say they at least were reporting on these things. They might dismiss them. They might uh, say that they're not as serious as, as we might believe, but they'd report them. They might put them on page 17. Now they say they've made up their mind that last time they gave too much attention to anything that could be seen as negative. They all thought they were going to win, and now they lost. They beat up themselves over covering emails too much and all of this. They've made up their mind this time, screw the journalistic ethics. Screw even the appearances of trying to seem fair. We're just going to ignore them. And that happens to coincide perfectly with the Biden campaign strategy. So they are just executing the Biden uh, campaign strategy. We will see tonight if maybe we get a question about this and not just a question, but a follow up when he tries to avoid it. These are the things I mean, Donald Trump is going to have to take the stage for what seems like the millionth time and tell us he does, does not like white supremacy. He's done it. 100,000 times, they will ask him about it again tonight. He will have to talk about the Proud Boys, a group he clearly had never even heard of before the last debate. Um, and he'll have to do that over and over and over again, and they'll pester him and they'll follow up. That's the type of treatment that if we had a fair press, that's the same thing that would happen with Joe Biden. If it's fake, you've got, this is not, this has not happened 24 hours before the election. You've got two weeks. Go in there, see what you can find out. Go over to Rudy's house. I'm sure he'll bring the hard drive out for you and, and look at it. See if you can make it, if you can figure out what the hell is going on. Uh, the, the, the fact that they're just trying to say, we swear nothing's going on here at all. We're not even going to look at it because we don't want to know uh, is, is revealing. And, you know, you look at this race and I would say, you have a situation where Joe Biden is ahead and Donald Trump needs to catch up. And what he really could use is a big moment that kind of turns the tide a little bit and gives him some momentum. And I don't know, maybe Hunter Biden's laptop being left at a, at a computer repair shop is exactly the thing that he needs. That's why the press is so scared of it. And that's why they won't talk about it. Yeah, on, on that point, I've said for a long time, press on Hunter, press on Hunter, because Joe comes on unglued because he sticks close to Hunter and Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Allegedly, this is all true. I believe it. When you get into the sexual innuendos and the things, there's so much to uncover and it is Hunter, but Joe knows. But the party knows, and that's the issue. The party at this point, the real controlling powers are controlling the media. And there is, a, it's like a blanket statement narrative of, this is not happening again. We're not what Hillary claimed in the, in the last seconds of the last election. It got snatched from her, you know, because of the emails. I'm, I'm with Stu on this. They, they will not look at this. But for me, their behavior speaks of guilt. They know that if they open the door, just a crack of a slither, right? 
that there's going to be an avalanche poured through that thing and it will derail the Biden campaign. It will. I, that's why I think it is defend, hold fort with all might. Just don't open the door. And that's what you're seeing. So for me, that just makes me more suspicious of Joe's involvement in all of this. So if the FBI has had this information and had the laptop since 2019, do you think it coming out now, it's too late to really affect the election? It might be, right? I mean, it's not impossible that that's true. I mean, if I was, you know, if you think about these these October surprises, right, you think of a last minute sort of coordinated release that a campaign has information. They wait, they wait, they wait, they release it. Whoever released the Access Hollywood tape, right, waited till the what they thought was the was the prime moment um, to do that. Uh, that stuff happens every single campaign cycle. This, I think, you know, honestly, if you really wanted it to be most effective, you would have released it earlier. Uh, this is, it is very late in the campaign cycle, but they do have time. I mean, yeah, two I weeks is, is enough. Yeah. And, and it's not only enough for it to have an impact in the election, it's enough for the media to be able to go through it, to vet it, to, 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 to look at all of this information. You know, if, if they went to Rudy Giuliani and they said, look, we don't know what this is. We want a copy of everything on there. We're going to go through it ourselves, and we're going to take a look at it. If Rudy Giuliani basically said no to that, I think that would be there'd be a reason to arise some skepticism out of that. But that's not what Giuliani's doing. No. He's begging anyone exactly. to look at it that will look yeah. at it. Yeah. And they're just they're not only are they not looking at it, they're not allowing the story to be covered. They're not allowing the story to be tweeted from the New York Post. I mean, this is absurd but, the way they're acting, and guilt is a great way to describe it. But this is it though, Stu, because Giuliani is so open with it saying, I know that I know what's on here and I know this is incriminating. I know this will affect the election. If it if if what we believe is truly there really comes out, right? But the, the harder question to ask, and the reason I wanted to come out as well, is it just further shows the corruption within the FBI. You sat with this for a year, December 9, 2019, going into an election year. You know, you had it. Did you see something? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But I'll say this, I'll argue this. Money laundering is enough to investigate. We didn't even need all the, the, the sexual innuendos and activities and is Joe involved or not. This is still the son of a former vice president, a guy who's running for president, although we didn't know that he was going to be the nominee, you know, in, in December last year. But still, that's enough to say, hey, we better look into this, mm -hmm. even if it was just money laundering, right, by the son of a former vice president in foreign governments. So I put this on the FBI as well. I don't think it's a little too late, too, too little. I think it can still impact the election. I really do think it can. But at the least, just uncover the corruption. Just mm -hmm. tell the American people who the real bad actors are. Well, and it sounds like more information is going to keep trickling out every day. Uh, but you did bring up Rudy Giuliani, Sue, and it, he's, he's having a tough week, too. Um, <laughs> if you don't know, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, he is forcefully denying accusations stemming from an undercover video recorded by the comedian behind the Borat movie. So uh, apparently there is a video that reportedly shows him reaching into his pants while speaking to a woman pretending to be a reporter in a hotel room. It was recorded as part of comedian Sasha Baron Cohen's sequel to his Borat movie. Giuliani denies the characterization of what happened. He said the Borat video is a complete fabrication. I was tucking in my shirt after taking off the recording equipment at no time before, during or after the interview was I ever inappropriate. If Sasha Baron Cohen implies otherwise, he is a stone cold liar. 
And then he went on to quote the New York Post that called the accusation an exaggeration through editing and said that this is an attempt to smear him after he revealed what he allegedly found in Hunter Biden's laptop. So he just said, this is an effort to blunt my relentless exposure of the criminality and depravity of Joe Biden and his entire family. We are preparing much bigger dumps off the hard drive from hell of which Joe Biden will be unable to defend or hide from. I have the receipts. So he is he's really denying all of these claims. Do you think that this was a way to try and discredit Giuliani or or that Sasha Baron Cohen even wanted to get in the middle of this? Oh, I think he definitely wants to get in the middle oh, of it. Yeah, yeah I, oh, I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with the Hunter thing. Um, honestly, like you know, he did this last year. Uh, this is a movie he wanted to come out. I'm sure he wanted it to come out right before the election to to take advantage of the election and sort of craziness. Um, you know, he was at CPAC too, uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, which was what early April, yeah, late February. Yeah, I was there too. Um, it was the last trip I took before the coronavirus <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's how I always remember, remember it. Um, but, uh, you know, it, even left-wing sources now that have actually seen the footage are saying, look, he, you can't get into it inside his head. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, do, is it a good idea for a 76-year-old guy and a 24-year-old reporter to go back to a room uh, and have a drink? Probably not. But again, Giuliani's a single guy. You know, he you know he can do what he wants to do. Beyond, but the footage itself doesn't show any of this, right? Like, I don't know what he was thinking. He may very well have thought that something was going to go on, but he did not act inappropriately. This is again by left wing people who have seen yeah, it. Yeah. He didn't stick his hands down his pants for any other reason than than tucking in his shirt. They were taking off the microphones. Like, it, it seems like this was blown completely out of proportion, which is is exactly what Sasha Baron Cohen wants to get attention to his movie. Yeah, yeah. Now, and look, this is also on the heels, was it, correct me, was it CNN, a CNN reporter or staffer that was on a Zoom call? Yeah. That was, oh, self yes, stimu- yes. that was yeah. self-stimulating? Yeah. It's just on, on the cell, oh, yeah, come on, you know, it's, it's, it's almost it's like, <laughs> hey, that's, you know, go dig up that file over there that we had. This is all just to, to pivot the news cycle, to smear Giuliani because he's sitting with a smoking gun. And I say, dump all of it, Rudy. Get it out there uh, only quickly. A couple of weeks, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Get it that. out there. I don't think, yeah, as you, you know, I, they want to smear Giuliani. Yeah. Generally, right? Like this is not like, oh gosh, here comes the Hunter Biden laptop. No. They couldn't have possibly known no. that was coming. No. I mean, this movie was going to come out anyway. But again, it's edited in a way as as is appropriate for a comedy movie, right? Like, but when when the New York Post can't tweet links to news stories, right. and we're taking news from Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Like, this is not a healthy society. That's, you know, we've gone completely (laughs) off the rails. Well, and we've got to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the fact that NPR is not covering it because they're saying it's really not a story, which is pretty shocking. But we'll talk about that when we come back. First, we've got to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So here's how easy home title theft is. The legal titles to our homes, they're digitized and kept on government and business servers and in the cloud where they can be hacked. A cyber thief finds your home's title, forges your signature on a quick claim deed stating that you sold your home to him and it's done. And then he takes out loans against your home until all of your equity is gone and leaves you in debt. And you won't know until the collection calls pour in. You're not protected by insurance or your bank or common identity theft programs but home title lock they will protect you home title lock puts a barrier around your home's title and the instant that they detect tampering 
they help shut it down. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and then use code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back in a minute. Taxpayer-funded NPR. They announced on Twitter today that they are not covering the Hunter Biden laptop scandal because it's not really a story. This prompted a lot of backlash online. Here's the tweet they put out. They said, why haven't you seen any stories from NPR about the New York Post's Hunter Biden story? We don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners and readers time on stories that are just pure distractions. This... I mean, nothing really surprises me anymore, no, but no. this this disappointed me, I guess no. I will say, that they are going out of their way to not cover one of the biggest stories in the world right now. Have you ever seen such clear bias from a media organization? Look, they're funded by the people, okay? Right? And, and there's, there's a service to the people. They're censoring. They're looking a lot like Twitter. They're looking like Facebook. They're looking like these media organizations. And this is not just a story it's massive it's multicultural it's governments to governments it's politicians it's money it's sex it's everything that is a story this would this would be a best-selling novel if you just wrote a book on this okay so just the deniability and, and how easily we dismiss things that the american people really need to get their hands around in this country is alarming to me how easily they can just say nope you don't need to know that and go make decisions about who needs to be president of the United States, but this information is not really for you, and this information is not really for you, all of a sudden they become another gatekeeper. I was disappointed, right? I'm not surprised, because everybody today in media, except The Blaze, probably, is just jumping on the bandwagon of, hey, the Americans don't need to know, the public doesn't need to know, we know what's best, and we'll just play hooky with them. Yeah, so. Because well, even, even if they believe that it's not true, don't you think it's odd that they don't even find it worth covering at all just to get people's differing opinions on it yeah i mean I think this is consistent with what we were talking about last break right where you know the media has made up their mind that the number one thing that needs to occur in this country is donald trump no longer living at pennsylvania avenue that, that can't happen like there can't ha there can't be four more years of this it doesn't matter what steps we take until the end of this at the end we'll all look at each other and we'll say oh yeah you know, maybe we should have covered that. I guess we missed it. Yeah. They can all admit that and fall later on uh, back to a position where they say they care about journalistic ethics. It's too close to the finish line for that for them right now. I mean, you look at that statement. Um, that is, it's really blunt, right? Like if you had, if you're NPR and you want to apply sort of a fair-minded view to a story like this, you have to realize, right, like, Yes, of course, the left doesn't want us to cover it. But, you know, conservatives listen to NPR at some level and maybe not as much as liberals, but they still listen. And, you know, it's a taxpayer funded yeah. issue. You want to say, look, we don't at this time don't think there's enough evidence to show that this is going on. We're looking into it and we're going to if we have something that we can we can sink our teeth into, we're going to do that because we think it's important. But as of right now, we don't see anything. This is this statement. We don't want to waste our time on stories that aren't really stories. We want to waste the listeners uh, time on stories that are distractions is a left wing virtue signal. Uh, it's 100%. telling them we promise you we're doing everything we can to get Donald Trump out of office. We, we're we're not going to 
take any of those steps we did last time. All that really harsh coverage on Hillary Clinton, which I don't really remember all that much of, but we're not going to let that happen this time. We're going to give Joe Biden the clearest path possible because we agree with you. Donald Trump is a unique danger to this nation. That is that's signaling to that side of the aisle. We promise we're doing everything we can. It's pathetic, honestly. And if Joe Biden can't stand up and yeah, defend exactly. the actions of himself, exactly. uh, how is he going to be able to stand up as the president of the United States? He's going to be compromised if he can't defend himself on this stuff. In a fight, this is like chumming the water. You know, pre-fight press conferences, camps look for this. They look for this. They look for the weak spot. And this is how weak Biden really is. If you want to know how weak Biden is, look at the artillery and the infantry that had to be summoned to come just keep him upright. Look at all who are just keeping him just barely able, right, to just hang by a lifeline. And they want to tell you that this guy's going to do it. He would fall apart. They've literally gone and summoned everybody, the NPR, and said, you got to keep this guy upright because without us, he won't make it. He can't. I hope you said something earlier, Stu, just once or twice, bring him back to the same question, because all they do is no answer, no answer, him and Kamala. Nothing gets an answer. It's all just say whatever you want. Just just bring him back. Just let the moderator just say, come on, just press a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just a little pressure, not much. And I think it'll be epic. And in president, sit back, let him talk. <laughs> let Biden talk because he will snare himself. I mean, he will run himself into a corner so fast you wouldn't even know what happened. Yeah, I mean, I know we're talking debate strategy here, but you're 100 yeah. percent right. He, we are too far along in the Trump presidency, too much time on camera, too many tweets, too much, right? People have their mind made up whether they like Donald Trump or they don't. What they don't have a full, fully formed opinion on is Joe Biden. That's right. The guy who spent eight years in the White House doing basically nothing, and now he's been campaigning for 10 months doing basically nothing. No one's heard him speak. No one's heard him do anything. He has, he's, he hid in debates with 12 candidates, so he didn't have to, you know, he didn't have to spend that much time speaking. When he has had the chance to speak, it's been a disaster. Now look, I, Biden isn't so far gone that he's gonna come out, that, that it's guaranteed he's gonna come out and make a massive mistake, but he might. And here, he, right now, he's in this situation where his son's re reputation, you know, uh, public life is on the line. This is a crucial moment for his family. It looks as if there's massive corruption involved here that maybe Biden was involved in, and it looks like he was involved in. Yeah, Trump has to press on that, but then let him respond. Don't cut him off before he gets to the end of his point. Let him flail. Let him sit there in an uncomfortable silence if he has to. Make it awkward because the American people need to see that this guy is can get flustered mm -hmm. and, and that he is not up to this job. That's right. Um, you know, Vladimir Putin's got to push on every button that Joe Biden has. The toughest has. job in the world. Yeah, he's yeah. got to be up for it. And as of right now, there hasn't been enough time, and this is partially because of COVID and the media and everything else, there hasn't been enough time focused on whether Joe Biden is up to this task right now. And that's one of J uh, Donald Trump's tasks tonight. He needs to, to uh, somehow, uh, not him saying it, but let Amer the American people see it. Yes. And if they see it, they're going to change their feeling about this going back to a feeling of normalcy. Well, I don't know that a lot of people have heard about this yet, but Joe Biden did say something that upset a lot of people yesterday. He made a controversial statement on an interview with uh, on the Unlocking Us with Brene Brown podcast. Uh, they were having a discussion about slavery. 
And he basically said America was an idea we never lived up to. And we've got a clip of that. America was an idea, an idea. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We've never lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it before. And I just think we have to be more honest and let our kids know as we raise them what actually did happen. Acknowledge our mistakes so we don't repeat them. There were some online commenters that were upset by this. Um, people were making the, the points that, hey, you know, American soldiers stormed the beaches of Normandy to defeat the Nazis. They made these huge sacrifices during World War II. Like, those were instances where we lived up to the idea of America. Do you think someone who's running for president should be making these kinds of statements? Don't you? I mean, that a lot of people were very offended. Now, I, I, those statements makes me question, as an immigrant, right, whether he actually knows this country. And I know that's a bold statement, but do you really, how do you make a statement like that if you look at the role the United States has played, not just domestically, but in the international sphere? The role this country has played historically, whether you like this president or the last 10, but at some point in our history, that idea became a reality. Some point in our history, we took that flag and we planted it in rubble and we picked it up and we led other nations and we fed the world, by the way. Okay, I'm from Africa. If it wasn't for this nation, Africa would, would have been poof into dust decades ago, right? We feed more people, we disciple more people, we care for more people, we defend more people. That was part of the idea. We're free. We're free enough for you to burn a city down. That was part of the idea for us to be free. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point. Maybe okay. not that free. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not no, like but you know what I'm saying. People, no, but I mean, yeah, people, people. Have I mean, come on, man. Been doing that guy's running for do. president. Yeah. He couldn't it, win a mayoral race. Yeah. It was uh, an interesting thing to say this close to the election. All right. So we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Tommy John. Because are you comfortable with being uncomfortable? I mean, you push yourself to the edge, you go beyond, no pain, no gain. You've got some big, legitimately hard things to be uncomfortable for, like maybe, you know, an Ironman or, or an extra long work week. But don't be uncomfortable in your clothes. That's why you need Tommy John underwear. From working hard to playing hard, when you start every morning in Tommy John underwear, I see the two men. I love Stu's like, yeah. He's the Tommy John guy. Go Tommy right? John. It's awesome. It's the most comfortable stuff I've ever had. Uh, like, it's not just underwear too. They have great T-shirts. They have. I've never had any all, Tommy you John. You gotta get some because I, you know, look. They need to send me some. You know, Tommy John does a lot of the, you know, a lot of advertising on podcasts. Like, I listen to it. I hear commercials for it all the time. I must have heard a million commercials for Tommy John. I was like, eh, it's underwear. And then I finally got some, and they are awesome. They have the, um, they have like lounge shorts and lounge pants, like just hanging out around the house. They're like the most comfortable okay, thing I have. Okay, I, you're selling me. Keep I, going. I, I got to tell you, I'm <laughs> blown away by it. It's awesome. Well, I'll, I will take your word for it. I've heard all the guys around here talk yeah. about how amazing they are because they're they're breathable and they're lightweight. Uh, they've got moisture wicking fabric. Um, so anyway, it moves with you, and you can have their best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee, which means there's no risk. So try Tommy John, and if you don't love them, they're free. So get that much more comfortable well, at TommyJohn.com. Right? Like, oh, wow, you've yeah. been wearing it for three months. Yeah, so send it back to us. I mean, like, yeah, that's the best part. What are they going to do? Return right. policy. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody wants them back. <laughs> <laughs> so go to TommyJohn.com slash why, and you can save 15% on your first order. That's 15% right now at TommyJohn.com slash why. We'll be back in just a minute.
The director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, he confirmed that Russia and Iran have obtained some voter registration information, and Iran's already been putting it to good use, sending spoof emails to damage President Trump. Let's take a listen. We would like to alert the public that we have identified that two foreign actors, Iran and Russia, have taken specific actions to influence public opinion relating to our elections. First, we have confirmed that some voter registration information has been obtained by Iran and separately by Russia. This data can be used by foreign actors to attempt to communicate false information to registered voters that they hope will cause confusion, sow chaos, and undermine your confidence in American democracy. To that end, we have already seen Iran sending spoofed emails designed to intimidate voters, incite social unrest, and damage President Trump. You may have seen some reporting on this in the last 24 hours, or you may have even been one of the recipients of those emails. So he did point out that they haven't seen the same actions from Russia, but they said they're prepared to take action if they do see any sort of malicious interference from them. I mean, with how crazy it's been, did Russia and Iran even need to <laughs> get involved? I don't know. Isn't it? I mean, isn't it already just crazy enough without them getting involved? Yes, I 100 percent agree. Uh, <laughs> it is insane. I mean, look, we have adversaries overseas. We know that they're going to try to affect us in the most uh, most impactful ways possible. Right. Our elections a big deal. Obviously, the democratic elements of our, our republic are a foundational sort of uh, element for our country. So I can understand why they're going after that. I mean, I don't believe things like this are going to change the election. I don't believe Russia could had any impact on what the actual result of the election was last time. That doesn't mean we don't call out these countries and try to stop them. The same thing here. I mean, you know, they reportedly sent some emails to people saying they were going threatening emails that looked like they were threatening from Donald Trump's side in an effort to try to switch people to vote for Biden. The chances of this being you know, the difference or anything are so small but it is i think it shines a light on something um where you see the media who has been saying russia 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 for the for such a long time on claims that really had no evidence whatsoever and when iran is doing it and iran clearly going against donald trump not only do they barely cover it at all many of them tweeted out the false claims that iran was pushing they you know people like rachel maddow were yes. tweeting this out as if it was true they were forwarding and, and furthering these narratives because it fit their narrative, uh, which is something you should note if you're Rachel Maddow. Why does the narrative of Iran fit my narrative? Exactly. That might be <laughs> Little self-analysis. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Now even Iran is helping Biden. And, and uh, yeah, I was going to bring Maddow up. I'm glad you did. It's, it, look, it's laughable. Again, for me, it just talks about they're in deep water. And they're fighting for life. They're treading. No life raft. I mean, sink or swim, Joe. That's right. Well, he did get some help from former President Obama. He went out on the campaign trail and he gave a, a speech that was really more of a fiery rebuke of President Trump. And we have a clip. Why are folks making excuses for that? Oh, well, that's just that's just him. No, it's no. <laughs> there are consequences to these actions. Mm -hmm. They embolden other people 
to be cruel and divisive and racist. And it frays the fabric of our society. And it affects how our children see things. And it affects the ways that our families get along. It affects how the world looks at America. That behavior matters. Character matters. So we haven't seen or heard from Obama a ton during this entire election season, but at this moment, he really went hard. And I'm just curious, what actions do you think he was referring to when he's talking about emboldening other people to be cruel and divisive and racist? I, I think he's obviously talking to the BLM and, and Trump, not jumping on the BLM train. He's probably making some reference to COVID in his mind. Who knows what he's doing? <laughs> what I want to ask him is, why did you not give that speech to little Hunter when he was younger? Character matters and there's consequences for your actions, Joe. You know, yes, you're right, former Mr. President. And I think we're going to see it. The American people are going to speak. I uh, don't miss that guy at all. <laughs> I am not excited to see him again. I really could have. I was happy with the whole thing that we had going on where he just kind of maybe he was making Netflix shows or something. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> I, let me hit one other part here. Um, you know, he, here they are. They're doing these rallies. This rally was a bunch of it was a drive up rally where you can hear kind of in the background people honking Honky. their horns. Yeah. There's no reason for this to be done this way. Right, right down the street from us, um, the last two nights have been World Series games at uh, the Texas uh, the Rangers Stadium, uh, Globe Life Field. In there, they're allowing 11,500 people, very spread out, no, you know, again, there's always a risk, but there's basically no risk of transmission. It's very, very socially distanced. They have a roof they can open, all of these things. Why not hold, you listen to the crowd when you hear a home run hit. There's a loud crowd. You can get a real reaction out of 11,000 people, even in a big stadium like that. Why aren't they doing these things like this? There's no passion for Joe Biden. All the passion is against Donald Trump. All the passion on the Trump side is for him. All the passion on the Democrat side is against him. Right now, this is exclusively, basically, an election about Donald Trump. And that is where I think Trump has room to improve his position. If he can come out and Hunter Biden, uh, the, the, uh, the laptop might be part of this. But he needs to find a way to have somebody in America making a decision based on something that Joe Biden did. Right. He ha there has to be some level of, of accountability for for the Biden family here. And it can't just be all about Trump. And, you know, like the debate one was uh, was a showing of, of, I think, one of Trump's weaknesses, which is he always wants it to be about him. And he wants to be out there and he wants to be the guy who's the aggressor and he wants to cut Joe Biden off every time he lies and all the things. That, and I, it's understandable. I mean, this guy has had more media criticism that's been unfair than any president in American history. But. This is the time where he has to have strategic silence. And if he can pull that off tonight, he has at least an opportunity to, to shake some people loose because I don't think people have really thought through what's it, what it's going to be like to have Joe Biden as yeah. our president. Right. I agree totally. All right, so we've got to go to break. When we come back, I don't know what we're going to be talking We're going to be talking about Chris Cuomo. That's right. We're oh, going to be talking oh, about this. This yes. is one of our favorite topics. So, all right, we'll Chloe's talk about brother that in there, too. Let's take both Cuomo. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the, the Tucker Carlson clip where he's talking about it.
it's no secret that Chris Cuomo likes to shame people for not wearing their mask. However, he allegedly refused to wear one in his building and he's been threatened with a $500 fine. So Fox News host Tucker Carlson released a letter that Cuomo's building manager sent to the CNN personality on August 6th. So this was a few months ago, outlining a number of complaints that other residents had made about him. He had allegedly been spotted numerous times walking around without a mask in violation of health orders from New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and their building policy. So they wrote, Dear Mr. Cuomo, as I'm sure you know, because of the ongoing COVID-19 health crisis, uh, on April 15th, Governor Cuomo issued this executive order, which requires anyone over the age of two to wear a face mask, on and on and on. They basically said, you've been observed entering and exiting the building and riding the elevator without the required face coverings. Even though staff members have asked you to comply with this requirement, you've refused to do so. This is a violation. They threatened him with a $500 fine. I mean, <laughs> Stu, is this the best news that you've heard all day? Oh, <laughs> anything with the Cuomo family. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, it's funny because the, the best part of that letter is, as I'm sure you know, I mean, his brother is the one doing this. <laughs> yep. So, yes, yep. um, it's funny. You know, I had uh, that's we talked about Andrew Cuomo and his terrible handling of the coronavirus. The worst handle, single response in the world was was Andrew Cuomo. Uh, he blew it at every single level. Uh, the entire time this went on. And so I made these mugs up. Uh, Andrew Cuomo was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but. This is a set. Chris right. is worse. Chris Cuomo is worse. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Chris Cuomo is worse. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, look, you could get that in mug and T-shirt form. You can walk down. You and your loved one can walk down a hallway sitting there and say, Andrew Cuomo is awful and Chris Cuomo is worse. Um, it's funny because, you know, Chris Cuomo is the biggest hypocrite in the world on this. Now, in reality, for a moment, if he wasn't lying about getting the coronavirus, there's really no reason for him to be wearing a mask. Uh, I had the coronavirus, uh, as you know, from a couple weeks ago. Uh, I have the antibodies. I do not need to wear a mask anymore. There's no chance of me getting it or passing it. Yes, there's been four cases worldwide where people have been reinfected. I am aware of that, but the chances are so low. There's no reason. In fact, I really do think there's an opportunity for America here. We're, we've been dealing with this for eight months, yeah. okay? About 45 million people have had the coronavirus in the United States. That's an army, man. We've got yes. 45 million people with immunity that can go out and do anything. They can go to concerts and baseball right. games and everything. It's about time we start utilizing that, Absolutely. right? Like, I understand that, you know, that we, I, I'm not the type of person who's going to say, oh, just get rid of everything and, you know, no one, no one care. Everyone sneeze on each other. I'm not that guy. But, like, when we are at a point where... A large chunk of this country, probably around 15%, has had this virus, and that is a real a real opportunity for us to take advantage of. Uh, I, so I, I I would defend him if he had any character at all, uh, because he really shouldn't need to wear a mask. Uh, on the other side of this, it's much more fun to just make fun of him. Chris Cuomo is worse.com. You can get the mug there. I love it. <laughs> I, I just think it's so funny that they had to reference his own brother's oh, executive yeah, But he order. got a brother deal. <laughs> yeah. But he got the brother deal. He didn't have to wear the mask. Right. He's exempt. Well, he was exempt from quarantine, too. He went out right. and was yelling at people who were on their yeah. bikes uh, during quarantine. Yeah. He is exempt from taking all the medical solutions that uh, that you're supposed to take. He be beat up Donald Trump constantly on the air for, for not believing in science and then went yeah. home and took beach, bleach baths with his wife. No. None of this makes sense. sense. Well, yeah. and I, I hate to be a downer. I do 
need to talk about that the CDC revealed yesterday, young adults aged 25 to 44 years, they saw the largest increase in excess deaths from previous years. It's, it's really interesting because it's in the group of people that are typically the less likely to die from COVID, but overdose deaths have jumped 28% uh, in Colorado, 30% Kentucky, 9% Washington, all of these states. And then calls to suicide hotlines spiked amid the pandemic because people were suffering anxiety attacks and mental breakdowns. I mean, the CDC is basically saying even the prevention was is worse than the yeah. actual disease. So given all this and even the WHO said, hey, like the lockdowns like that, this isn't good. This was meant to be a very short term yeah. two week fix um, or just to buy some time to so the hospitals weren't overwhelmed. Do you think the lockdowns will end soon and people will realize, hey, we've got to go back to, to having some normalcy? I wrote an op-ed in the middle of COVID, literally in March, that was published, and I said, watch out for the col collateral damage here. We're, we're made to be with people. We're made to be on the move. We're made to get vitamin D and oxygen, all these things. Su teen suicide went through the roof. Okay, through, and it's just unfortunate. And I would argue that damage has not been measured, and how would we ever be able to really measure that impact? Of a, of a loved one lost, et cetera, et cetera, because of, and depression and all these things. I, look, I want to believe that the mask mandate and the craziness based on how the president is currently going after Anthony Fauci, I want to believe that goes away if he wins the election, when he wins the election, right? Should creepy sleepy Joe win the election, I think you're going to see masks and you're going to see lockdowns. You're going to see a little more of California through the rest of the country. And by the way, just if Fauci just said the other day that lockdowns were off the table, yeah. like even Fauci's not pushing for lockdowns. Right. Only crazy Democratic governors are doing this at this point. Yeah. Right. I agree. Well, it's a, it's a good reminder to check in on the people in your life that might need a little extra pick me up, might be a little lonely. But if they don't like you. Check in on your loved ones. If they don't like you, yeah. I mean. I didn't want, they don't still, want me to check in on Still check on them anyway. Like check in anyway, Stu. <laughs> okay. They'll learn to like you. Give them this mug. <laughs> Yeah, send them a mug. Make them laugh. All right, we got to go to break. We'll be back in just a minute. Mm. <laughs> All beverages taste better out of an Andrew Cuomo's awful or Chris Cuomo's <laughs> worst mug. That All right, so I want to remind you not to miss our debate coverage. It starts tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. We've got live pre-debate coverage on Stu Does America. I love that show. Yeah, it's going to be it's so good. good. Followed by the debate honored. at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then our post-debate coverage is going to be at 10.30 Eastern time with all your favorite Blaze TV hosts, as well as special guest Donald Trump Jr. You can watch all of it at youtube.com slash blaze TV. Also, use promo code blaze for $30 off your subscription. That's a huge, amazing deal. All right, so let's get to our poll question from yesterday. It was, how many times will Trump bring up Hunter Biden at the debate tomorrow? <laughs> 10 to 12 <laughs> times was the popular answer at 37.6%. Uh, that could so, be spot on. Well, it, it, correct me on this poll. If he says it 15 times, who wins? Oh, this is the, this hmm. is the <laughs> Yeah, no man's designed. land, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never said I was a math major, Stuart. <laughs> <Okay, right? laughs> <laughs> all right, and then our question today, are you watching the debate tonight? 
I, I am assuming, well, I know you are for sure. Yes. Um, I, and I'm yes, assuming you are yes, as well. Yes. I I'm watching say, Stu, and yeah. then I watch the debate. Absolutely. The pre-debate coverage. That's am I going that. to be tempted to flip over to the Philadelphia Eagles game tonight? Yes. <laughs> I, that is that what I want to watch? Yes. But I have a job, and there's a country at stake here. So I'll watch that and watch the Restrain Eagles. yourself, so. Uh, at 1-4-1 one, and one on DVR. Awesome. <laughs> and then, Yako, if people want to know more about you and what you do, where can they go? ShareTogetherNow.org and then Instagram. We use that channel to fight for children, no question, and fight for our country. So, but thank you for asking. Wonderful. Appreciate and then, it. Stu, tell people where they can watch Stu Does America. Uh, right here on The Blaze uh, on YouTube. If you just search for uh, my name, Stu, I'll be the first channel there. And you can subscribe and rate and review and do all those things. It's available on podcast as well. Uh, of course, The Blaze TV platform and, you know, all the social medias at uh, Stu Does America. And, I mean, hey, if they wanted Andrew Cuomo <laughs> Chris yeah. Cuomo, it's yeah. the worst mug. Get your mug. <laughs> Order them now. Right. It's true, though. Andrew Cuomo. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.